I'm creative business coach, Anastasia Williams, and you are listening to Making Magic, a podcast for fiber artists, makers, and creatives who are looking to craft a business with intention. Hello, welcome to episode 37. Today is a coaching episode with Alana Wilcox, and she is Well, I think she's a bit of an innovator, to be honest. Um, We're going to talk about some of the things that she is doing that really don't exist in the market already, uh, especially within our industry. And so a lot of what she does um, basically comes down to the fact that she is able to take a color from a photo and turn that into a formula using dyes that are already existing on the market and then turn around and sell that formula to dyers so that they can get an exact color match that they are looking for in order to, you know, build out their own releases, shop updates, um, and their own color palettes, essentially. It's really, really interesting. I don't think I can explain it sufficiently enough um, because it's so in-depth. So I'm going to talk with Alana here for quite some time about how this process is going for her and kind of what that looks like as she starts to move into a launch series. Um, And one thing, of course, I apologize. Uh, There might be some scratchy voices going on. I've got a cold. Uh, You can tell it probably here, but um, just bear with me as we, as we work through this. <clears throat> then let's let's go ahead and start. And um, why don't why don't you tell us about your journey, how you've gotten to where you are, what you're doing, you know, everything in a package here. Okay. Well, hello. Um, so yeah, so this journey has been really interesting, and I'm I'm so happy that like you're um on the the path I kind of feel like um Dorothy a bit like I'm collecting all these you know um friends and people along the way and it's been it's been really exciting um but yeah so basically I'm a fiber artist um an instructor uh, a spinner a dyer I kind of do a little bit of everything you know in the in the fiber sense and so um Right now, I'm, I'm in a position in, in my life where I've always wanted to do that full time, but my professional, you know, nine to five job is an art teacher in a high school. And so I've been doing that for about 15 years. Um, and in, in teaching during the day, my, my art, you know, that I've been learning about spinning and, and dying and all of that has been growing stronger and stronger um, of a passion of mine. And so I, I went through this spinning certificate program. I wrote a book on it and I began to grow this business off of my, my love of the fiber arts. And so it started back in like around 2000, I think 17 was when, when my book came out, but um you know, I just started to like teach workshops and, you know, just slowly was growing it, but I never thought I could do it full time. And so this past year, you know, with the the virus and all that good stuff, um, that it really made me not want to wait until retirement. So I'm kind of in this position now where I'm 
you know, saying to myself, okay, you know, I have my health, I have the ability to really put all of my time and energy into this. So I took a year off from teaching and I really want to grow my fiber business, um, the, the workshops that I teach, my dye formulas, the courses, like all of that stuff. Um, I really wanted to grow it into a full-time business. And so um, I joined up in this digital marketing group and learning about things like launching products and, you know, the best way to package new products and, um, you know, tapping into your email list and all this stuff. And I mean, it's, it's been really bad. Like, um, like I said, I had this business going since 2017 and I just added Google analytics to my website, like in July and it's, <laughs> and it's 2021. Right. So I feel like I'm starting from scratch in some places. And in some places I feel, you know, um, really confident because I've kind of grown this thing out of nothing into a small something. And I feel like the products that I have to offer people are very unique. So I have a lot of products that people may not be familiar with because it doesn't exist anywhere. Right. So one of the things that I'm working on is trying to grow um, this, this product that I've developed that I call my um, color matching or my precision color matching dye formulas. And so I've built lots of different products around it. I have individual color formulas. I have um, you know, packages and bundles. And the big thing that I'm developing is a course. And so I've written a book on this process that I've created on how to basically take digital um, colors or like, you know, um, colors from a digital picture and convert them into a dye formula so that a dyer can make the yarn look like the same color in the picture. And I have like over 2000 colors that um, I have these formulas for, and it's been such an exciting journey in developing them and, you know, testing things out. So I, I wrote everything in this book. Um, and it's, it's sort of like the um, underpinnings of my method methodology. And it also shares with people, you know, how they can utilize what, what I've done just in the event, you know, um, if I'm no longer here, because it's, it's such a um, dynamic system and that everyone that uses it can kind of make it their own, just like a chocolate chip cookie recipe, right? So like you can start with one and then modify it and now it becomes your own. Um, and so that's kind of like how I see my system. And so because it's such a novel product, I'm having a difficult time knowing what is the best way to quote unquote launch it, right? Because part of it has already been around for um, a while now and in, in, in its early um, stages. So there are people that are familiar with um, the dye formulas in, in one way or another, probably I would say since maybe like 2010, I had a dye guide that I created that was building off of um, the CMYK color palette um, for, for dyeing. And now I'm kind of taking it to a more advanced level. So what I would really like to know is how to effectively launch products to customers that you have that already have like an established um, understanding of, you know, your your, your products, but they're not really familiar with this new product that you're developing. And they may have um, an idea of potentially what it is, but I wanna make sure that I'm, I'm letting them know what the product is and what it isn't, what it can do and what it doesn't do. So really giving them a very full picture without necessarily revealing everything. So I'm having a difficult time thinking about what would be um, good 
you know, products or incentives to kind of give away as I'm starting to launch to incentivize people to invest in something that is a product that they've never really experienced before, right? Because it's 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 so novel. And so I'm building a course that's going to have the book that I've written on my underpinnings as, as part of it. And, you know, it's just going to be this kind of big thing. And so I want to make sure that I'm, I'm launching that in a very successful way in the hopes that that can be um, like a portion of my income that can allow me then to do other things. Like I can, um, you know, write more books or do more workshops. So um, basically trying to find that balance. So this product is really, um, I would say very important in that, in that sense. But I also think there's a lot of people that may not be familiar with my products and, and what I do. And so it's going to also be important um, for me when I'm launching to know how do I reach out to those people that maybe have never heard of me, but that could find really, um, you know, a lot of value in what I'm doing. So maybe someone that works in like the costuming, you know, field where they're trying to, you know, dye um, fabric or material for um, a theater production, or maybe it's a textile preservationist, right? So I know there are um, worlds and realms that could benefit from, from the information that I have, mm -hmm. but I don't know how to, you know, um, basically launch these products in, in an effective way. So I'm hoping that you can give me your um, insight into, into how to do it effectively. Okay. Yes. And we can, we can kind of talk about it. So specifically when we're talking about like the products that you are looking to launch, are you looking to kind of launch everything that you have been doing and are doing kind of all at the same time? Or are you doing things in more of a gradual way? Is this really just the course that we're focusing on or the color matching stuff? Yeah. So basically, um, you know, in trying to kind of I don't know, I don't want to say like wrap my head around marketing, but just trying to really understand, um, you know, how the, the corporate sense works or how the, the business models work, right? Um, I don't know what would be more effective. So I thought maybe if I started taking my individual color formulas and creating color bundles, um, so basically color packages, like I can have a pastel bundle, I can have, you know, a different... Um, you know, like a dual tone bundle, right? So I can create these bundles and then launch them as, as a, a pre-launch package. I was also thinking of doing things like a color of the month palette so that I would have maybe like a group on Facebook um, vote on four different pictures that they would like me to generate a color palette from. And then I could, you know, sell that as a, a product or offer that as um, a lead magnet or something like that. So, you know, I kind of have all of these ideas and I didn't know if it would be too overwhelming to throw everything out all at once. So I thought maybe doing it in more of like a, I don't know, a drip sequence, like, okay, so here are the color bundles, you know, and then when I would launch the course, I can say, well, not only do you get the course, but you also get my book, you also get the color bundle. So they might be familiar already with what those products are, um, as opposed to hearing about a course and I'm like, well, there's a course and there's bundles and I don't know what's going on. So I feel like I tend to overcomplicate things. And <laughs> I think the thing, the thing that's, um, you know, interesting about that is that I've taken something even more complicated and I've simplified it in a way to make it accessible. And I, I feel like there's going to be, um, I don't want to say like a, a wall or a barrier, but like in getting people to understand what exactly it is, like I said, because it's this novel product. So mm -hmm. I don't know, again, I'm going to defer to your expertise in, in something like this, but um, yeah, I thought maybe doing it more in a sequential lead up would then allow me to have people 
um, not only become advocates for the products and the brands, but then I could have the testimonials that I could say, well, you're going to get six bundles and this is why a bundle is good because this person used it here, you know? So mm -hmm. I didn't know what the best strategy would be. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I I'm in agreement with you in the sense that, you know, starting with maybe with the color formulas and doing the bundles and having that as, as something that, um, is, a, is an offer initially makes sense because then you get the opportunity to explain what it is, right? So you have, you are able to take photos and, you know, basically elicit the photos or the colors from the photos, and then turn those into dye formulas. And those dye formulas are a combination, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're a combination of the different uh, dye companies you can buy from out there. Mm -hmm. And then you give them the exact formula of mixing and matching among those in order to get these precise colors. Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's very cool. In my opinion, I think it's very cool. And especially because so many people who do, um, you know, independent dyeing or, uh, any sort of Inspir need inspiration from photographs. It's it's very typical. They'll find a mood board and then they'll pull the colors from it. But there's sometimes a, a matter of trial and error. Whereas you're taking out the trial and error exactly. and giving them that you know immediate result without them having to waste resources, waste time, etc. Mm -hmm. um, and we all know that dying is not you know a, a super quick uh, process. Yes. Anyway, so. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, <clears throat> in then starting them kind of on this, these baby steps of this is what it is in its very basic form. And this is what it can do for you, which you already know, you've done tons of market research and you've done tons of stuff on the pain points. Like you understand the customer, what they need, how this helps them, what it can do for them. So what it feels like to me is that as you move through a, a launch sequence essentially over whatever period of time you feel is, you know, acceptable to you. Do you have an ideal time when you want to get this started? Yeah. So at the moment, the book is in the layout stage and I know the designer is working on the first part of the book. Um, and then once that's laid out, then she'll apply all of the, um, you know, like settings, if you will, to the rest of the book in, in laying it out. And so um, I'm kind of hoping that it was going to be done like two months ago, but, you know, um, it's one of those things that when you're self-publishing, you know, you can't kind of put a, a timeline on that. So at this point, I'm saying, fingers crossed, if the book is ready by March, then that would give me the opportunity to do a beta testing because I want people that are taking the course to actually have the physical print copy of the book. Um, and the thing that I'm using as the, the carrot for buying the book is the course, right? So normally if someone is going to buy a craft book or a dye book, you know, they probably are spending like $30, $40. And so what I'm putting into the book, the content that I'm putting in is so much, um, I want to say, like more, right, than, than a typical book. So I'm not just telling people, hey, if you mix yellow and blue, you're going to get green. I'm saying, you know, um, 
not only like what did I do to, to, to discover this, right? But but also these experiments that I did. So I figured out, you know, okay, if you take this one green formula, this is the way that it's gonna look like on silk, on wool, on you know, all of these different bases. And so because there's so much content in there, I don't technically want to run a course on it because then I haven't read about it, you know. So I feel like I have to have the print book first. And the print book is going to be, like I said, the carrot for the, the course because most workshops that I teach are roughly in the $50 range. But when I was doing the research, and because I, I see this more like a college level course or like a, um, a really more in-depth course than there really exists anywhere. Again, I'm trying to kind of be this trailblazer and create these like new <laughs> things, right? So I looked around at the um, colleges that offer um, like BFAs and MFAs and textiles and surface design. And even college courses don't focus a whole semester on dyeing. They might do it as like part of a, a unit or something like that. But looking at um, programs that do have that, a, a semester course is generally in the $3,000 range. And so I wanted to figure out what would be a good price point to sell this out, you know, sell it at as, as a launch. So I thought, okay, well, if I have the book and I make a course, um, then maybe I would set the, the base price, you know, somewhere like around $1,000. And then maybe I would put together a kit that would have all of the dyes that I use. I might reach out to um, undyed yarn manufacturers and mills and say, hey, I'm making this kit. You know, if you promote me, then maybe I could become a wholesale supplier for you. You know, so to kind of get that networking kind of buzz going about it beforehand, making up these kits, then once I figured out the cost of the kits and the course and the whole shebang and the book and, you know, all of that, maybe it would be somewhere in the like, I don't know, 12, you know, $1,200, $1,300 range. So I kind of also want to warm people up to the idea of what's going to be in the course, what um, is in the book, because so many people are waiting for the book. And I don't want to I don't know. I don't, I don't want to make my, my customers upset that the book is not going to be a $30 book, right? And so I'm trying to think of how can I explain to them what's in it um, in from now till March so that they're so excited to be part of this course that, you know, they're not going, like, I feel like I have to win them over for that price sticker shock. Um, and, and I'm going to make it so that they can do multiple payments and things like that. But I feel like because it's such a novel thing, again, that, you know, I really need to like warm them up so that they have time to save for the course, they have time to like really see, is this something that can help me and benefit me? So. Right. Yeah. Cause I think <clears throat> with something that's at that price, which I mean, I understand, yes, you know, college courses are going to be in the $3,000 range, but a lot of times too, the tuition goes towards the buildings and, and you mm -hmm. know, all those other things, paying the teachers and some of that stuff doesn't necessarily come into play here. But if you're, if you're looking at somewhere around that thousand to $1,200 range, that's a big investment. Mm -hmm. And so building up on the relationships that already exist right now are probably, that's going to be your warmest audience. Um, and the easiest one to convert over somebody who's never heard of what you're doing, you know, it's going to be a lot more difficult for somebody to go from uh, discovery to purchase mm -hmm. very quickly. So I think as starting as early as you can is, is going to be ideal in, in really kind of letting them know that this is an evolution. This is an evolution from just the colors, right? The colors are do it for me. I just do everything for me. I'll just buy the colors and then there we go. But it sounds like to me that with this course and with the book that goes with it, essentially is like a textbook, um, is that you get, they get the opportunity to do this for themselves. 
they get the opportunity to explore it very deeply in a way that allows them to have more control over how it functions, right? So if we're talking about it in the sense of a recipe, so the people who buy the dye formulas are the ones who just come to the bake sale and they buy the cookies. Mm -hmm. But when you have the course with the book, then what it is, is that they're coming to essentially a very in-depth cooking class or baking class where you show them kind of how the system works, what the different types of modifications are, and you give them a giant resource to go along with that. And over time, they basically have walked away from culinary school or whatever, you know, with all these skills that are more than just, okay, I can dye this one color, you know, because I bought this. So um, I do think that there's kind of a couple of, of ways that you can go about this. The first one would be to really hone in on the warming of the existing audience, especially if we're wanting to get to the place where we're selling the course, you know, in, in, you know, mid to late spring. Um, So that means focusing in on what they want and why do they want this? Why have they been asking for this and starting to give them little tastes and little teasers and, you know, letting them know that, you know, the price range hasn't been determined, but, you know, if you're comfortable with it, you can give them kind of the range that you're thinking of so that they can automatically start thinking and planning ahead for it. Because if in their mind, they're thinking it's going to be a $300 course and all of a sudden it comes up as this $1,200, they haven't prepared for that. So, I mean, especially if they're a very warm audience for you, which it sounds like they are, you know, if they're begging you to do this and they really want this from you, then I have a feeling that they're going to be comfortable hearing that from you and probably appreciative of having that information, but then really digging into, I mean, like you said, the specifics of why is it that it's going to cost this? And, you know, the reality is, is that we're never going to be able to fully convince somebody of the value of something prior to them going through it themselves, because, you know, you can't really put a price on the amount of work that you've done over the last decade. Um, That's very difficult to do. Um, But, in so understanding what that transformation is, right? So this is where, what we really need to kind of focus in on is that where are they now and where will they be after they take that course? And yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've done that. Um, like, like I said, I've, I've really tried to, um, you know, kind of get all of these things out. So I even tried to, um, cause this is just the way that my brain works and how, how I work. And probably this is how I even created the formulas, but like, I even figured out, okay, if someone is going to dye a color, like let's say the green, right? And let's say they want to get khaki green instead of grass green, it might take them, you know, 30 hours of doing three different trial and error um, tests. Whereas if they look that color up with me, it would only take them five hours. So I can actually quantify the percentage of time it's going to take them, that they're going to save the amount of money that it's going to save them. Like I really try to like you know, map all of that out so that I feel like when I do actually launch it, I can say, okay, you know, these are, these are things that I've actually like tried myself and, and, and figured out. Yeah. And I think, so typically what the, what the normal route of kind of launching goes, right. You get, you do kind of pre-launch, which is what you're talking about, where you're, you're doing a little bit more of the warming up and you can start that right away. You can start that tomorrow. If you want it, you can start that as soon as we get off of this call. Okay. And that is really just giving them the idea that, Hey, it's coming. It's on the docket. We don't have an exact date, but this is the rough time. 
And then we start moving through the different stages, which are first, we always start with them. What do they need? What are the pain points, et cetera. And however long it takes you to kind of move through that <clears throat> is, is totally fine, but it slowly will start to transition through, you know, they want to know what's in it for them always. That's just humans. And then we start to move into then. All right. So what it does that transformation look like and what are the things that you get to create that transformation, or you can kind of intermix those a little bit. And then you start to move into the things like social proof, which is the testimonials, or if you did an Instagram live and talk to people about their experiences, that could be really powerful. Also, um, having them do a video, take photos for you, showing the colors that they got so that you can, you can kind of show what it looks like, but that usually the social proof kind of comes at the end because that's a really important part of marketing, but it also, um, it kind of, it, it falls by the wayside when you think about, they just want to know how they can be helped initially. Um, so well, I wouldn't say falls by the wayside, but it doesn't take as much priority, you know, priority is me versus them always. <laughs> right. So I would say kind of gradually moving through that. And, you know, as you get closer, you know, once you have that amount solidified, then you hit and, and you're ready, then you hit what I would say would be probably a, a two to three week timer. And okay. that is where it's a hard push. That is where we start getting into, we're talking about it a lot. We're showing up wherever we can show up, whether that's on uh, you know, a podcast, whether that's on, um, you know, somebody else's Instagram channel, whether you've talked with those, those, um, dire suppliers, I think that's a great idea. And I would connect with them probably as soon as you kind of have ideas in mind of how you want to do that so that they can essentially be on board with you through this and help with the launching because it's going to benefit them and you simultaneously once that happens. Um, but then allows, allows you to just kind of start to, well, at that point, it's going to allow you to say, okay, this is, this is time. It's time, pull the trigger, make the decision because it's now or never for this moment. And did you say that you wanted to run it kind of as a beta for the first? Yeah. Set? So what, what, how I was envisioning it going, um, and one of the benefits of it, I think was that I wanted to have um, a four week sequence of this course and it was going to be run via zoom and so um, I was thinking maybe to keep it to like I don't know like four to eight people like a really really small group mm -hmm. um, and then you know I could get feedback on what things that they thought could be improved you know just so I can make those tweaks before doing the official ones so mm -hmm. I didn't know if because I do have already, um, I think about seven people that are interested in running Ooh. the beta with me. Okay. So because, yeah, so because of that, I didn't know if um, I should tell people that I'm going to be running a beta of this course and I'm working out the details so that I don't necessarily feel the pressure of selling for the beta group because I feel like I already have that established. Um, but letting them know that there's testing coming up and if they want to be part of it, you know, like, should I be targeting more my newsletter people or should I just be targeting everyone and talking to everyone as though they they know me like on Instagram and stuff like that more and more my circles right like my Facebook groups and things like that should I be, you know, saying to people. Um, 
that I'm thinking of doing this and that, you know, it's it's starting or should it just be the newsletter people first, have them do the beta, then when the beta runs, then doing that two week launch sequence? I think, I think that's personal preference. And, and here's why I say it is that you could do it quietly, okay. right? Like you could do it quietly, go through the newsletter, do individual reach outs to the people that you think would be genuinely interested and let them know this is going to be beta. They have the opportunity to be first. People love to be first. That's always a very important point. Um, you know, whether or not you're offering a special price because it's beta, that's also yeah. a very important point to hit. Um, but I think there are benefits to possibly doing at least some of the pre-work as, as well as the launch period publicly um, mm -hmm. because it can get that, at least that visibility starting in, in a, you know, that momentum of visibility starting because at some point you are going to want to get slightly more serious with the, um, with the online content and the social media marketing and talking about the color formula. So at least you know, that stream of income is still functioning. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what would warm somebody up to a course like this is being very aware of those formulas, how they function, getting them to maybe make a purchase of those in order to kind of get them in the sequence essentially mm -hmm. to build them up to being ready to, to essentially buy the course, especially if they've tried a couple of colors, they love it. They now want to be a very serious independent dyer then this is the perfect trajectory for them. So we just need to figure out exactly how much work you want to do with the newsletter list versus how much work you want to do with social media. I think there are parts that could kind of parallel each other through that, that part. But the, the, the thing that we've got here, which you've mentioned already, is that the, the newsletter list is already very warm. The newsletter list already knows so they can get more earlier about the course. That's very possible for them. But then simultaneously, then you may, if you choose to open it up to everybody, which I don't necessarily think is a bad idea, because even if somebody desperately wants this course, you know, it may not be the right time or mm -hmm. something happens and they lose their job. So they just can't afford it at the morning at the moment or, or something, you know, mm -hmm. we never know what goes on with people, but it allows you then to at least have that open up, use the principle of scarcity, because essentially that's, that's what we've got going on here. You only have 48 spots. And once those are gone, they're gone. You're not opening anymore until the next time you run the course. And that will probably be at a different price. Mm -hmm. Automatically, you're going to start, you know, working along, you know, the psychological parts of people's yeah, yeah. brains. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it definitely all makes sense. Um, I just, I think for me, what, what I'm having a difficult time with too is because when I go to launch things like the small pieces, right? Because right now my single color formulas are available. And because I was still writing the book and I was still testing everything, I was selling them at a lower price point just to get people's, you know, feedback on it, see how they were going, um, that sort of thing. So now with like regard to the pricing, you know, how, how do I um, figure out the different tiers, if you will, right? So you have the individual color that used to be $10. And so in talking to like different people, um, they, they all felt that like that was a little bit too low. So I did bump the price up to $20 per formula, but 
um, I also have a dye calculator. And so what the dye calculator does is it basically a person just picks the color they want, then they input um, the amount of fiber that they're going to dye and it automatically tells them how much they're, they need in the dyes, but they can change the amounts themselves. So if they buy the individual color, they don't get that. They just get a PDF. And so what I was thinking with the bundles um, was that now I can introduce the new product because the bundles are still basically what exists now, but now with the bundle, you get the calculator. So I thought like with each um, component or piece, I can start to like add more things to it that would be building off of the um, original dye formula, but I didn't know you know, what percentage of decrease in the, in the um, cost of the formula should I do? Like, should I get it back to that $10, you know, price point because now they're buying in bulk basically, um, you know, and if I'm going to sell, like, a, again, if I was going to do five colors for a color of the month palette, you know, how much of a reduction from that $20 per color should there be? Well, I mean, if you're going from $20 to $10, that's a 50% reduction. That seems a yeah. bit, that's, that's a bit high. Um, to me, I think that's too much, but if you're, if here's the thing though, if you are in, having a bundle and you include, if you're including a calculator that they can't get otherwise, mm -hmm. is it necessary to decrease at all? Well, one of the things that I'm finding is that going from 10 to 20, I'm not selling as many. Right. So, yeah. um, I don't know if, necessarily I went too high because of what people were saying or um, you know if if people that are going to find use of these formulas if they've never tested one out before they don't know if a $20 investment is worth it or not right so okay. like because they, they don't know the results they're going to get so I don't know um, but it, it almost requires more energy on my part to do individual colors so like if a person got 10 colors and they picked whichever ones they want. That would take me more time to put that together for them than if I had the color bundle. Mm. So if they wanted a bundle of 10 colors of their own choosing, they could still pick that. Um, but I don't know, maybe I should start with the colors at like $15 individually. Um, but then like, if you get a bundle, maybe it still stays at $15, but now you're getting the calculator. So yeah. I didn't know like price point wise how to do it. Um, and because there's going to also be people that I think are going to be very disappointed that they can only get the print book if they get the course and they want this. And there's a lot of really good information in there, um, but there's a part one and there's a part two. So in the part one, that's more like my dye experiments. So like I said, you know, testing one color on 30 different bases so people could see how that looks, um, you know, all of the different um, like tests that I did, like I tested different water types, pH, all of that. Um, and I just have a lot of really good color information in there. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking maybe to make the part one a digital, um, a digital product, right? So they only get part one, they don't get the full book, but they also get a dye calculator and they get one bundle so that they might get it maybe at like the, I don't know, $250 price point so that um, they get to taste it. They get to kind of see it, experiment with it and play with it. And now that they've, they've gotten it, they don't, they don't have enough. I would say to um, do all of the things that I'm envisioning that they would be able to do with the course. But now at least I feel like I have this in-between point so that it's not gonna go from say $20 for a color to you know $1,000. So I'm trying to figure out what could I have as those middle ground tiers um, to, to sell to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the bundles are probably gonna be your best bet for sure. Now, the question is, is, you know, are, is somebody gonna be willing to pay $250 for part one of a book is the, mm -hmm. is the question. Cause I think, 
as it stands, I mean, this is just my personal opinion. You can absolutely disagree, but I think, and if you've gotten different feedback from the people that also makes difference, but from where I stand, if it's more of like a textbook style, because it's, it's so substantial, Mm -hmm. I, I really feel like it should go with the course. Mm -hmm. I feel like it needs, is going to probably need that support. Um, cause it can be, I think, I think it would just be challenging, but I mean, if people are willing to, and you could probably cast that out to some of the people that you've talked to that have had interest and say, you know, if it came out like this around this price point, would that be interesting to you? And then we could start looking at possibly whether that gets added in or not. Um, so you're saying not to like even start leading with that, just lead with the course. And then if people say, you know, cause I think what's going to happen is people are gonna be like, can I get the book by itself? I just want the book. Yeah. You know, and and I know that then if I sell just the book, then I have to give the book a value. Right. And and if I do that, then, you know, people might like, you know, gawk at whatever price I say. Well, if I say it's 250, you know, but if I say it's 250 and you get one module of the course and you get um, one bundle with the calculator, and then if you choose to sign up for the course, then I can roll the cost of what you put there into the course. So you can apply that 250 to the course. I didn't know if that would be like a sneak peek, a sneak preview, something like that, that people would be, you know, more warm to trying so that they could get a sense of it before jumping to that thousand dollar price point or whatever whatever it would be um just because i feel like there's going to be a lot of people that um i don't necessarily going to say that they're going to feel excluded which of course you know like i'm i guess i care about my customers right and so I, i i don't i don't want to set it at a price point that if someone can't afford it that they're um, not able to get the information if they're super excited, you know, by it. So aside from like payment plans, I was trying to think like, what kind of product could I create that would sort of be, you know, maybe more expensive than what they were hoping for it to be, but it would be something that they could be like, okay, this is a good point for me to kind of try it out to really see if going to that thousand dollar, whatever price point is Mm -hmm. the the big package, if it's worth it. So I didn't know if you Mm -hmm. thought maybe the course and the book should be the middle ground and maybe the course and then the book and then the kit would then be the the ultimate package. You know what I mean? Should I make the course be like the middle, you know, like the the mama bear of the package, if you will. So that you know, um, there's, a, a tier above it that makes it even more expensive so that the thousand dollars now doesn't seem so expensive. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Mm. So, okay. So when, when you mentioned that you might be overcomplicating things, this might be the place where that's happening. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> well, and I just, I just say this because there's with what you're doing, there's so much here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so much yes, here. Yes, yes, yes. And I think, I think what might it might put a barrier for people just to try to put their head or wrap their own heads around. Okay. But I get these 19 things with this, but then I get like 25 things with this, but then I get four things with this. And it might just be, it might just be too, too much to process. Okay. So in my opinion, and this is the example that I like to use is um, when you think about, have you ever watched any of those Gordon Ramsay you know, he goes in and he saves a restaurant from near failure and then he yells at everybody. Right. So, but he goes in and the first thing that he does is he looks at the menu. And if there's too many things on the menu, he says, you need to simplify the menu. And the simplification is, is essentially, it makes it easier for everybody. It makes it easier for you because you only have to navigate so many different products, but at the same time, it prevents somebody else from just getting too confused or too, too, um, 
well, de decision fatigue, it's a real thing. We have so yeah, many yeah. things that we can choose. And when people have too many choices, they won't make any choices. Okay. Um, so in my mind, I think having there, there are other ways you can give teasers and tasters without necessarily having to create a separate tiered product. In, okay. in my opinion, I think that, okay. you know, if things, if, if things seem to go very well and you've got kind of a system down and you're ready to introduce another type of tier, then I'd say go for it. But okay. maybe just at the beginning, keep it as simple as you can for yourself okay. so that you can build on it later so that okay. you don't get overwhelmed. And it, what do we say? You know, uh, you under promise and over deliver. Basically you mm -hmm. keep things pretty bare bones at the beginning. And then, and then you can, you can start to kind of add. So what I would think is that, you know, obviously for you and how you, how things function for you is that, that the bundles are at this point with the products that you have existing in the moment mm -hmm. are the easiest thing for you to manage. You know, mm -hmm. you've got the individual colors, but the, the bundles are easiest. So mm -hmm. obviously I think from my perspective, that would be the thing to really focus on, on just a, a general customer, right? Maybe not necessarily your, your existing warm audience, but that would be what I would think. And then, you know, they have the option of buying it individually, but it costs a little bit more and doesn't come with a calculator. You know, I think that that, yeah, I think that, I think it does make sense if you want to try to lower the price, because you can always raise, you can mm -hmm. always go up with prices. What you don't right. want to do is go down because then yeah. people are, are wondering why did I pay this much? And now it's discounted. Well, That's and that, and and yeah, and that's, that's the one thing that I was wondering, because like I said, you know, people were paying um, for it at $10, but not at 20. And so I didn't know if I should make it look like it's on sale for 15 and see where that goes. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if I just like stick with my guns on 20, but offer the bigger packages and really do that deep discount to go back at $10. So then they can see why it was raised to 20 for the individual ones, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe... I don't know if you think I should do that to, to, to um, not necessarily like give them the calculator for the for the individual formulas too to say this is why the price went up. I don't know. I I, I feel um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how to how to articulate this, but um, torn. <laughs> no, not not even torn. It's just that you know I'm I'm learning so much about um, the marketing and the business end of it, and I mm -hmm. felt like before I was operating on instinct. And when I operated on instinct, it felt like I was doing everything right. And now that I'm trying to like follow, you know, this like system, it's just not working for me in the way that I'm wanting to have it work for me. Right. And yeah. so um, I don't I don't necessarily think that at twenty dollars, it's not worth it because I know that there's a lot that went into it. But I'm trying to think from the customer's perspective, what would a price for a single formula that's coming in a PDF? Um, be worth to them, right? And mm -hmm. so I know that they were willing to pay a $10, but now that it dropped off at 20, you know, how can I rectify that, right? So if I can't go down, then do I just make a really deep discount and go back to the 10, but only in the bundle? So like if I was going to sell a 12 color bundle, do I sell it for 120, bringing the price point back down to the, to the 10, you know? So mm -hmm. I think I don't want to say like morally, um, I'm having a problem with that, but you know what I mean? Like it just, like, I feel, I don't want to say like, I feel bad, but I know that I have a lot of emotional, um, you know, connection to what I'm doing. And so I know that as a business model, that's not good. So I'm trying to yeah. like, 
but but at the same time like it makes sense right because you do you care about your people and you yeah. want to do right by them and I think and, and I and I think that yeah there's maybe like maybe 10 people spent $20 so I would even be willing to like give them the $10 back and be like hey I did this like rash thing and I want to you know let you know that I care about you as a customer so I don't want you to like freak out and wonder why the price went down for you know you getting it so high but I'm just trying to figure out this whole marketing thing so thank you for bearing with me as I do it I don't I don't know I mean I'm I'm, I'm open to doing that too, you know, but. Okay. So on one hand though, I mean, like that's a really, that could be like a really good loyalty building exercise. Okay. Um, and I don't think you, I still don't think you necessarily need to go 50%. I don't think you have to okay. slash it in half. Okay. I mean, if, you, if you were talking about maybe possibly meeting in the middle somewhere and like hitting around 15 mm -hmm. and then, you know, if you wanted to hit 15 for a regular color and then go down to a $10 discount for a bundle, which includes okay. the calculator, that seems reasonable, right? Okay. So, you know, you can get, it's not a huge difference. So if somebody says really legitimately, I just want this one color, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem so exorbitantly overpriced, mm -hmm. but you know, a $5 discount on five colors is yeah. uh, you save 25 bucks mm -hmm. and you're still getting something a little bit extra with it too. Yeah. I mean, 25 bucks on a, uh, whatever, $120 purchase or no, it mm -hmm. wouldn't be that high, but I mean, right. I don't know. I'm not good at math, but either way, like it's a significant amount. It's a significant yeah, yeah. amount when you look at the price of the bundle. So, um, I think something like that could be, could be good. And okay. then it, you also wouldn't have to probably, you know, spend an entire hundred dollars on refunds and it's only five dollars. Well, I think the other thing that I could do too, is I think, um, one thing that's been successful for me too, um, in trying to get more, I want to say like advocates is mm -hmm. um, having people when they buy, for example, like a workshop from me, if they leave a review, then I give them a discount towards a future workshop. So mm -hmm. what I potentially could do for people that, you know, quote unquote overpaid, if I'm going to go um, drop the price, then I can either offer to give them the calculator with all of the colors that they've ordered already, since they don't have that as a feature Ooh. or to just give them another free color so that it's not necessarily costing me money to go back, but then it's also making them feel valued that, you know, I'm not like trying to yeah, I actually, I like that a lot better. I like okay. that a lot better that okay. rather than just like turning around and handing cash, like you're giving them, <laughs> you're giving them the ability to do more. And I yeah, think yeah. that, I think that's a really good, um, okay. uh, I think that's really cool. It allows them to kind of dig a little bit deeper in with you, which ultimately, again, I think is really, it could be really positive for loyalty because you're, you're showing that integrity. You're showing that willingness to kind of to take care of the people who have spent the amount that you're now yes. kind of changing, changing mm -hmm. things a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really like that. And, um, uh, oh gosh, what was the other thing I was going to mention? I think in so far as doing the course. Oh, okay. When we're talking about teasers and other things that you can do, I mean, you know, if you want people on a mailing list, you know, does mm -hmm. the lead magnet necessarily have to be something that's totally given away for free can if they if they aren't trusting of these dies or they're not really sure if this is going to work for them then could a one-time discount as a lead magnet function you know okay you get yeah whatever 15 percent off 20 percent off of your first one mm -hmm. um and then you know if you sign up for the newsletter so then you can put them in a nurture sequence or however you want to do it and then allow um and for anybody listening a nurture sequence is when you basically are building out a very strategized newsletter uh, sequence of emails uh, to get people kind of uh, under your wing, I think mm -hmm. is a good way of putting it. But 
Uh, so then they kind of get that value and the ability to test, you know, but you are not saying, oh, my stuff is automatically already on discount, you know? And I think that's, that's the, that's the thing I would caution against when you, when you were talking earlier, nobody could see, but when you were saying, I don't know if to make it look like it's, it's on discount. And so that's why the price is lower and I'm shaking my head. No, 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 no. Because you don't want people to think that something's always on discount because that devalues the product. And that's not what we want to do here. We actually kind of want to do the opposite. Um, We want to increase the value of the product. So um, because of the amount of time and the work and the insane amount of work that you've put into this, which we are going to have you on for another, I am going to have you on for another podcast because we're going to talk about this way more in depth. But I do think that having something like a discount or some other kind of resource that you could provide as a free resource, you know, if you want to you know, give a snippet of the book, you know, you can get that on Amazon with, you know, look inside, here's some free pages so you can know whether or not you actually want to go further with this. You know, you could do something like that. And I'm not saying you have to give away the whole book, but, you know, a few pages so that people can kind of see what this looks like. And maybe they can get something tangible that they can walk away with that builds that trust that allows them to say, okay, well, I like the textbook and now I've tried the colors and I think I'm ready for the next level, which brings me to the course. And and I mean, if you're comfortable teaching workshops, you know, doing some sort of quote unquote webinar Mm -hmm. could be great at the beginning of your launch sequence. Mm -hmm. It'd be amazing for you of doing some sort of online training in whatever capacity, whatever that looks like for you that people can, you know, it's, it's again, it's a lead magnet, but that allows people to really get a taste of what your teaching style is like, what they can learn from you, and what that looks like. And that is going to make somebody far more comfortable moving forward to buying something that is a higher ticket item. Um, what do you think? <laughs> so that is all, um, I'm like all for it a thousand percent. I think as a teacher, I have a really difficult time, one, not giving it all away, you know, on the first date. And the second thing <laughs> is that, you know, I just, I want to teach everything, right? Like, I just want to, I want, I want people to, to leave um, any kind of interaction with me as, you know, a student or just, just feeling empowered, right? Like, I don't, I don't see my dynamic with people as like, I'm the know-it-all and they're like, just the cup for me to pour it into. I really see it more as a relationship. And so, you know, when I um, am trying to envision what could I teach or show people that wouldn't be offered in the course, but kind of like an aside that could still be helpful. And it's like, I don't, I don't know how in in my mind to split those two up, you know what I mean? Mm, So it's like, um, you know, should I like, I don't know, make like a list of like my top, you know, 10 favorite like dye tools to use. Like, I don't, I don't know what, what I could do that wouldn't be something that I would also want to put in the course too. Mm, so I yeah. think that's, that's where I'm struggling with as a teacher. Cause I feel like I just want to teach everything. Right. And I, I think, I think the place that we would go for here is more so, you know, if you know what that ideal customer looks like, and you probably mm-hmm. do, I mean, it's probably somebody that already exists for you or, you know, a mesh of some of the people that already exist for you along with probably yourself in some ways. Um, cause that's very typical, but you know, when you look at their pain points, you know, you're not going to be able to hit every pain point that they have. Your product is going to hit maybe a couple specific ones or a few, but they're going to have more because we are humans and everything is like very challenging for us all the time. <laughs> but what other pain point would it be possible for you to hit that would be valuable to them, but isn't necessarily part of the 
course, does that, does that make sense? Is that you're still adding value. You're still helping. You're still providing something that they need, but that need isn't already covered by an existing product. Yeah. So see, that's, that's where I feel like, um, one, having someone like you to give me these prompts is like super helpful because just like off the bat, even when we did like, cause when we first met, it was through the Botanica. Right. So, um, you know, for me thinking, I don't know, my, my mind just goes like a thousand miles a minute, but I'm thinking like, okay, maybe <laughs> I could work with like 10 or 20 different shepherds to get their names and create a list of, um, shepherds that make you know natural um you know yarns or whatever like undyed yarns for dyers and then make a list of resources for dyers that they can get these undyed yarns from mm -hmm. um, if they're looking to make their dyed yarns different than commercially prepared yarns that you know maybe are like backlogged and not available you know so mm -hmm. I don't I don't but I don't know if that's like enough to get people to like as a lead magnet or do they do they want to see something you know like um pulling colors you know from a picture to make a palette which is something that I'm going to be talking about in the class but do I just you know um you know cover like for example like one picture you know but I'll say like okay but when you're done taking the course you'll be able to do it with like as many pictures as you want kind of thing right so, yes I okay. actually I like that last one that last one okay. has, is really strong for kind of like a webinar because basically it allows you to say you know, here's what we've talked about today, but if you want to go deeper here okay. is like, and then you move into the kind of sales pitch bit of it. Okay. Um, I do think though, because you've got a little bit of time between now and March and, you know, you are going to be exploring how to bring in a new audience. Mm -hmm. And I think that doing something like what you're talking about, where you're not sure if something's good enough for a lead magnet, if you've got time, you've got energy, then maybe some testing would be beneficial. You know, maybe have a discount lead magnet somewhere, maybe have another one on your, your website that has that a link to that resource um, and see, you know, you can do some kind of AB testing or ABC, whatever you want to do. But if you have ideas for some free resources that are kind of lists um, or resources, things like that, or just a discount, you can see what people are more responsive to, because that also might alert you to some other pain points that are out there that you didn't realize existed. I know that happens a lot with me is that all of a sudden there's all these new conversations going around one specific pain point. And it was, I didn't even know that people were worried about this, but yeah, let's talk about it. Um, and I think that, I think that could be really helpful for you. Um, especially because your mind goes a mile a minute the ability to be able to not have to commit to one thing might be good for you. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, I was thinking too, like, how can I best use people that are already on my newsletter and that my, that are my followers that I can like tap into them as resources, not necessarily just to get, you know, their pain points, but even saying, Hey, if you are on my newsletter and you are, you know, a shepherd and you have, you know, undyed fiber that you turn into yarn, like, let me know so that I can put you on this list that I'm putting together as a resource, as a way of kind of collaborating with them too. You know, like I, um, I don't know. I just, I feel like I need to have a, a I don't know, necessarily like a, a clearer way of how to, um, write these letters or, you know, like to reach people. Cause then, you know, I might have like 40% open rate, you know? So then I feel like there are people that I'm not getting to that I know that are on my list 
So is it just a matter of like continuing to like resend it until they open and they're sick of me? (laughs) Or, you know, (laughs) how, how do I get these people that I know said that they wanted that information? Well, there's, I mean, when it, when it comes to the, like that thing that you're mentioning with the dyers, I mean, I think you could, you could probably create a blanket Google survey and just okay. tell people you want their opinion and what, okay. no matter what they do. And then you can okay. ask, do you like, what is your role in the fiber arts world? And okay. da, 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 da. And then you can, you can, you can ask about pain points or not. You can ask if they've tried your colors or not. Um, okay. Shepherds, a thing with shepherds uh, specifically, I know that's a pain point is that they don't have time to market their own yarn most of the time. You know, they just, they have to throw it up when it's ready and they just hope that people will come in and, and their website and buy, it. <laughs> but there's just too much other shit to get done. Right? Yeah, yeah. Don't have time. And shovel too. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. And so then, and at the same time, then, you know, you're offering them an ability to be a resource mm-hmm. for the other people who are going to come to you and need dyes. So mm-hmm that's a, that's a good exchange. That's a mm-hmm. really good exchange. You're giving okay. them that visibility. And then you're also building those relationships and those connections with those collaborations, which is what you want. So mm-hmm. I think that that, that could be really good. But as far as, you know, when you're, when you're working on open rate and you're kind of focusing in on a certain segment of people, mm-hmm. you know, it's either just, you recognize that you're going to take some hits because not everybody's going to open that email and some may unsubscribe and that's okay. We just, it's just what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the minute you start to say, <laughs> I need your opinion, everyone wants to give it, you know, people okay. love to give their opinions. It's, it's super fun. That's one of my favorite okay. hobbies. Actually, you ask me my opinion. I would love to give it to you, you know? Okay. So, um, I think maybe formatting uh, some sort of a survey, Okay. that they would be able to give a little bit more information and you can ask, would you like, you know, if you have, if you're a yarn supplier, would you, would you like me to reach out to you as b- possibility of being in a, a resource that I have? Okay. Um, something like that. Did that answer the question? Mm-hmm. Okay. Holy cow. I feel like we could talk for a million years, <laughs> 1 million years. You have so <laughs> many ideas and it gets my brain fired up because, because specifically because you are not at the beginning, not really. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know you said in some ways that you feel like you are, (laughs) but normally, you know, most of the people I work with are are relatively at the beginning. So a lot of these concepts are kind of new to them. And this is, this is your, your step up. You're, you're a little bit farther along the path and it makes my brain work a little bit harder because I don't go there very often, but I really like it. Well, um, you know, I think, I think the thing too, is that I'm, I'm not necessarily fighting against the, you know, um, am I going to get paid for this or not kind of thing? Or like, am I going to have like income coming in? It's more like, I don't want to go back to this <laughs> other job, right? Because this gives me so much joy. Yeah. And and not that teaching in the classroom didn't, um, but it, it, it was moving more away from teaching, I think, to like more social worker um, yeah. kind of job qualifications. And I, and I felt like that was too much of an emotional burden that I wasn't actually getting to do the teaching part, right? Cause I'm like right. worrying about the kids and all of that. So, but I feel like now in this role, I'm able to empower people that are struggling and they wanna learn. And, and so that's like such a, I don't know, like a, a liberating feeling 
that I want to keep doing this. And I know that I wouldn't have the energy to be able to go back to school as a full-time teacher and pour myself into those students to then be able to grow the business in the way that I'm able to do now. So um, I was a novice, like I said, you know, for anyone that's listening, um, I just add Google Analytics, like literally in July. Okay. And I've had my, it's 2021 and I've had it, you know, my website since since 2018 so you know I'm definitely um you know behind in some ways but this is something that like I just I love so much that you know I'm probably working twice as hard now than as I was as a teacher just because I can't stop like it's just you know so fueling so I think it I think it really shows I think it, it well it, it very very much shows if nobody can get that through audio I think <laughs> they are not listening hard enough anyway <laughs> Um, so, okay. So this, was this helpful to you? I know you have so much of this in your pocket already, but I mean, was this helpful? Yes. Especially coming from someone that is in the industry. Um, because, you know, again, like I can reach out to people that are not familiar with the fiber world. And then they'll say to me, you know, oh yeah, well, why aren't you charging $25 or $30 for the formulas? And I'm like, cause that's not going to really, I mean, like dyers are like struggling too to yes. make and me. Right. And, mm. and I want to, make it so that when they're, when they're making this investment, that it's going to actually save them money. Like you said, it's going to save them time. It's going to save them materials that they're testing. And, and, you know, it's going to save them the money in the dyes and and the time lost because they're doing the sampling. They're not actually dying the product that they want. So, you know, I feel like um, having someone that is fiber minded and is very um, familiar with the the fiber industry is such a huge, um, I don't know, like it, it just makes what you're saying that much more valuable to me than if I was hearing it from someone that's, you know, working in like the medical industry or something, you know, it's just kind of a different, you know, realm. Right. So that, yeah. So definitely it's, it's been super helpful. Okay. Okay. I'm very, very glad. Um, so then, uh, if people want to find you and they want to learn about your dye formulas and see all the stuff that you're doing, which is incredibly fascinating, where can they do that? Um, so yeah, so my website is just my name. It's, it's alanawilcox.com. So it's A-L-A-N-N-A. Um, and then I'm Spinny Buns on Instagram. So um, yeah, it's, it's a nickname that um, my husband gave me because I was spinning yarn. And then instead of calling me like, you know, Sweetie Buns, you know, he's like, oh, you're like Spinny Buns. And I was like, okay, I guess, you know, for anyone um, that was, you know, part of Ravelry, you had to come up with a name. And, you know, I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to go with Spinny Buns. And now it's like everywhere and I can't shake that off. So as, as far as the rebranding goes, like, I don't know, I guess I'm just going to be Spinny Buns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. That's great. Honestly, I love talking to Alana. I feel like I could talk to her for hours. And in reality, I really, truly think that I could. Um, She just has such a fountain of information uh, that is born from this intense desire to research this to its core. And I think that really shows up in the way that she talks. But I do hope that you know, I can have her on a little bit later on and we can do more of an interview episode so we can learn more about that process and the layers that she's gone through to get to where she is today. Um, So I definitely, especially if you're a dyer, I totally recommend checking her out, seeing if what she has to offer fits within, you know, your needs at the moment. And I do also want to let you know that I have a free class coming up next Wednesday. So that's December 29th at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. I have a really great title for it. It is called 
Fifty Shades of Grey area, an ethical marketing class. I did do a couple polls through Instagram stories to see what you guys most wanted a class on, and it was a complete tie, 50-50, between something on newsletters and something on ethical marketing. And I did the poll multiple times to see if I could get one to come out ahead of the other. It's 50-50 every time. Really quite annoying, actually. But um, since I feel like I've been consuming so much about ethical marketing recently, and it is the freshest in my mind, that's what I'm going to go with for now. And we will do a free class on newsletter marketing in a couple of months. Um, So if you would like to sign up for that, you can just go to the link in my bio on Instagram and I am at AnastasiaCreates.co. And um, of course, if you can't make it live, we'll always have a recording of these things and it'll be a limited one. You can access it for about a week afterwards. But the reality is, is that showing up live gets you the most information because you are present, you are active, you tend to soak up more than if you watch something as a replay and you tend to actually consume the content versus sometimes if you just tell yourself, oh, I'm going to listen to the replay, then you just forget and you never do. So again, highly recommend showing up live Wednesday, December 29th, 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, I might talk to you guys next week. We'll see. I do want to switch when we get into January, the day that this podcast comes out. Currently, it comes out on Tuesdays and I feel like I'm just rushing to get them pushed through. So I think starting in January, we're going to move them to Thursdays going forward. Um, But either way, I will talk to you the next time I talk to you.